Good morning, everybody. Uh, we are at a special episode of Stacks of Cash today. We are doing our second podcast where we have a special guest day. Oh, very special. Very special. His name is Devin Phillips. And Devin is an attorney we've worked with now for quite a few years. And he specializes in two areas. One is litigation. And the other is in estate planning. And so we're delighted to have Devin with us today. And what we're going to do is, you know, these podcasts, we try to keep them around 20 minutes or so, but there are three kind of areas we want to hit upon. Number one is wills, obviously the basics of a will. Number two is, we're going to call it Trusts 101, the simple version of trusts. And then the third, a term you've probably heard of before, it's called probate. And what that really means is, is how's your money move around? How does it get to where it ultimately is supposed to go? upon the death of an individual. So uh, I want to start off with uh, welcoming Devin today. And, and Devin, why don't, we, why don't we jump into wills just as a starter? You know, when, when I think about wills and, and when I think about my experiences with estate planning attorneys, it depends on the level of complexity of the individual, how old I am, how much I've accumulated. But when you meet with a client for the first time, Walk us through what you're thinking about and what you're trying to get the client to talk about as it relates to setting up their basic will. Sure, and thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I work with a lot of clients on the estate planning side, and that usually boils down to putting together a will and discussing, you know, what happens to the, their assets after they pass away. Now, a lot of people aren't thinking about this on a regular basis, and so it's oftentimes my job to make sure they understand the benefits of a will up front. And, you know, during the first meeting with a client, I'll usually ask them to give me a background on their family, their, whether they're married, whether they have children, because the will is going to do a couple of things. It's a legal document that's signed before a notary and witnesses. And it's going to make sure that your stuff goes where you want it to go after <laughs> you pass away. Because if you die without a will, you would, be, you would die intestate. That's a fancy word for I died without a will. And if that happens, then you have your assets are going to pass per the laws of Georgia, the intestacy laws of Georgia. And that's a fancy way of saying there's a waterfall of spouse, children parents, brother and sister, and that is how your assets will pass if you don't make a specific designation in your will. So depending on your situation and how you feel about your spouse or your kids or your parents, that might not work for your plan. So it's best to sit with an attorney and outline your, uh, your will. Um, so that's the first thing it does. It helps you pass along assets that are in your name to the people that you want them to pass. It's not only just assets, correct? I mean, if you have children, I mean, you just have a newborn, I have a newborn. What does a will do in terms of just outside of assets? If you have children, what is that? What can you do in a will? That's a great question. And that's the second most important thing it does is in Georgia, the only document, the only way that you can appoint a guardian over your children is via a will. So it's important to make sure if you have children, and that's often when I'll yeah. have a conversation with a client is, 
when they've just had their first kid. Right. So they'll come in and say, you know, this is it's it's important to us now, and we want to make sure that everything is in place for our for our kid. And that that's similar to what we do. So since we're certified financial planners, Jay and I, we touch many different things. You know, have our hands in many different buckets, and you know. I'm in my mid-30s, and so are you, and so when we start having our first kid, that's when we start bringing up... I'm pushing into late 30s now. Yeah, are you? Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> I guess I am, too. Gosh. Time flies when you're having fun, but, uh, um, you know, that's when we start having the life insurance discussion, and then usually our next email is to you for an introduction. Sure. So it, it goes hand in hand. Sure. Uh, things get real when you have a kid. And it's important. Another thing, I know you guys work, uh, <laughs> listen to your podcast. I'm a, I'm a subscriber, so I, I've listened a few times. And uh, oh, I know you guys work you. with a lot of entrepreneurs, and I do that as well. So that's another very important part of estate planning. Is if you own a business, you got to make sure that your corporate documents and what happens to your interests in that business correspond with your last will and testament. So uh, getting back to appointing guardians, if you don't appoint a guardian in your will, then you have a court decide for you. That could be scary. Is what brings us to the third thing that you brought up, Jay, is the the idea of probate court. Now, what that is, is it is a specific court with jurisdiction over what happens to people's assets after they pass. They also are where you go to appoint a guardian over a child or an adult. and the probate court is very antiquated. You can't file online, which you can do in other courts. They take, you know, and which is, which is understandable when you think about the will and how important it is. You want to make sure it's the original signature that the witnesses signed it before notary and all that. But the probate court is the, the more clear your will is, the easier time you're going to have in probate court. And you know, estate planning is really, it's for you, but it's also for your descendants. It's for your kids. It's to make sure that they don't have to deal with a mess after you pass away. And what that mess looks like is if you don't appoint uh, an executor in your will, and what an executor is, is your per, it's a person that represents your interests. They're given certain powers by the probate court to open bank accounts, to transfer real property and to make sure your assets go where you want them to go. So that's something that I talk about with clients early and often is who would you want to serve in that role of executor? Now, most people appoint their spouse as their executor, and that's usually the, the best option. But if, you know, if you're thinking about it practically, by the time you pass, you're probably, hopefully, in your old, in, in, on into old age, and your spouse is also going to be elderly, so it's important to also have a good backup executor. Maybe it's your most financially competent child. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a younger brother or a professional that you know um, that can serve in that role. But it's important to think about that role and uh, who could be best suited to do that work because they're going to be managing your assets for the mm-hmm. sake of probing where they go and making sure everything is done properly along with the help of a, a, a good lawyer uh, that can help guide you through probate. Um, so that's an important part of the will, too. So we've talked about the assets. We've talked about children and appointing a guardian. And we've talked about a, uh, appointing the executor uh, over, over your estate. So those are three very important things that a will does. So, Devin, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm, I'm the old. The elder statesman in the room. My, my kids are grown. I've got uh, one left in college. 
But I'm sitting here and I'm kind of thinking, I'm thinking back to when I was a young guy and, and I was married. And we had a lot of student loans. We didn't have much in the way of assets. We had no children. I'm guessing that I probably don't need to rush out and get a will. But what I'm trying to think about is, is you know, suppose if I'm married, if I've accumulated some element of assets, and certainly if I have a child, if I've got those three things present, or two of those three things present, I really ought to probably have at least some type of a simple will, correct? That's right. And the beauty of Georgia law and what you need to do to update your will, if you start off in a situation that you've described where you don't have a ton of assets, it's probably not important to have an overly complex will. It's a great idea to get a simple will in place just for the sake of appointing an executor and making sure. Because if you don't do that, then you have to, your spouse will likely have to go hire a lawyer, file, open the case in probate, and ask the court to appoint an executor. Generally, they'll, ask, they'll appoint themselves. But it's just the additional cost, you know? But the, getting back to amending, if you have more kids or if you accumulate more assets, I always advise clients, you should check in with me every five years. Okay. Come back. Maybe you've had another kid. We need to add their name to the will. Maybe your asset picture has changed and you've uh, accumulated more wealth, and we can talk about a trust and the benefits of that. But the beauty of updating your will in Georgia is all you need to do is draft what's called a codicil. And that's, a, that's an amendment to your will. You don't have to start over and draft the whole thing again. We would just draft a codicil to change the one item and then certify that or sign and certify that the rest of the will remains enforceable. You just keep that codicil with your will. Well, that's interesting because I don't know if you've ever heard the expression that cobbler's son has no shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of me in this particular case because we haven't updated ours in a while. I'm not going to say how long it's been, but the reason, reason why I'm kind of, kind of <laughs> laughing is, is that... Um, you know, things change. People change. Friendships change. People move. Laws change. Laws change. And, and if I was to pull out my will right now today, uh, first off, as I mentioned, our kids are great. But let's say it had been six years ago and they, they weren't out of the house. The individuals that are, that are notated in our will as the executors, we're not even friends with any. Right. Not, not, not that we're enemies. We just, you know, I, we, I hope we, they we, don't we, listen to this episode. We don't do anything together. So, oh so they have no idea what our situation is, and they're wonderful people. But, but the reason why I mention it is, is to emphasize the importance of coming in and, and doing this regular review. One quick question for you. You know, inertia is a tough thing to fight, and, and it's hard to get people to invest money in things that they can't see a direct benefit of. As important as it is, and, and it's actually one of probably the most important things because, you know, you, you don't want to leave your loved ones in a position that's multiplied more difficult on the back end than if you could have done it the right way on the front end, okay? So with that in mind, just, just kind of a ballpark to kind of satisfy the people who may be a little concerned about making this type of investment. Someone wants to come in and see you. And then we're doing, a, we'll call it, I'll call it a basic package. What, what is that going to look like, BCP rate-wise? Sure, and you just hit the nail on the head on something really important. Uh, 
and that is the cost of putting together a simple estate plan. I always tell people it's the least amount of money you'll ever spend in an attorney's office. <laughs> <laughs> and it will save you a headache that would be extremely expensive for your descendants that you know have to deal with it. I have so many people, so many clients come to me when uh, a brother has passed or uh, someone in their family has passed and they didn't have a will. And it is always a nightmare trying to track down where their assets are, trying to track down um, real property records to see what happens, see who was on the, on the house. Was it, in, was, it, uh, in, mm-hmm. was it titled properly? Does it pass to the spouse via the deed? So there's so much headache and expense on the back end that it makes sense to spend what little it costs to put together a will and your basic estate planning documents up front. So what I do is, for a couple that comes in to see me, I'll draft a both of their last will and testament. It's important to have separate wills and testaments, not a joint will. Mm-hmm. Joint wills. So I do, I'll do the two wills. I'll do what's called an advanced directive for health care, which is an important document in the event that you become incapacitated. Who's your health care agent? Who makes those decisions? Who communicates with the doctors? And then the third document I do is a financial power of attorney, and that's in this for the same scenario. So two documents that help if you become incapacitated, one document that helps if you pass away. That's your basic estate plan, and I charge $2,500 for, for all of that. Um, and that also comes with advising, you know, advising on assets that would pass outside of the will, and if that's okay, I could talk that, a little that, bit about that. That was going to be my next question, yeah. because, you know, if you have a basic family that has, they own their home, they have a 401k balance, they have a bank account, are all those assets treated the same? Like if you go and do what we're talking about, you go into your office, you get a will, do you, are you good? Or do all of those assets, are they treated differently? So what I would say is they're not necessarily treated differently, but it's important, this is what I always tell my clients is it's important to work with multiple professionals. Mm-hmm. And if you've got investment accounts, if you've got a retirement account, if you've got checking and savings and a house, and which most people do, yeah, you want to make sure that you're speaking with your professionals that manage those accounts to determine who your beneficiaries are That's right. on those accounts. Because those assets, there's the beauty of naming a beneficiary is that you can, those assets would pass outside of the will and outside of the probate court. Yeah. So there's no need to get a, uh, an approval on your estate plan from the judge. If I've got my retirement account, I've named my wife as the beneficiary and I pass away, those assets pass to her. No, no judge needs to rubber stamp it. No probate needs to, court needs to review it. It passes outside the will. You know, Jay, Jay and I, we go out and we speak to many of our 401k pl- clients and the participants in those plans. And every time we talk to them, we talk about, it's like the least sexiest thing about our job is, Hey guys, you need to go in, you need to log in, and you need to update your beneficiaries because if you get a divorce and you have a balance at a, at a different employer and that ex-wife or ex-husband is the beneficiary of your old 401k plan, you could go do a will, but that doesn't, that doesn't count in the will. It's going to be whoever the name beneficiary is. Super important. That's right. And that's why I like working with professionals like you guys because if you refer me a client, You've already worked with that client on their personal financial statement. You have a 
solid picture of their assets, then you can provide that information to me so I can make sure that all those boxes are checked on my end. For instance, uh, with real property, if my, my house uh, I own with my wife as joint tenants with survivorship, Mm-hmm. And it's important to make that designation on your on your on the property records on your deed because just like naming a beneficiary on account, if I pass away, that property passes to my wife without the need for probate court oversight. Right. So part of that pro- part of my job when a client comes in, not only do I draft the, I don't just draft the documents, give them to them, say, hey, have a, have a, have a good life. <laughs> I'm having a sit down with them. I'm reviewing their financials. I'm not making any financial advice. That's y'all's job, but I make sure that in the event that all of the boxes are checked, make sure that all of those accounts have named beneficiaries. Make sure their property records are are, are uh, titled properly. Making sure, and then you know, obviously the will is kind of the catch-all to make sure if that stuff's not done, then you have somebody that you've appointed to manage that process in the event. Yeah. Wow, Devin, you know I'm sitting here. I'm, I... I'm starting to get a headache. Uh, and the reason is, I, you know, I think about people out there in general. And, and people are busy. they got a lot going on. You know, we're talking about things, again, that are kind of long-term in nature, hopefully. They're going to cost a little bit of money. And then I think about what a good friend of mine said to me the other day. He said, you know, sometimes people spend more time planning a trip than planning their financial future. Mm-hmm. And, and I reflect upon how important it is to get this stuff right, get it papered correctly, have it set up correctly, and then have a process in place to think about this stuff on a regular basis. And so, you know, if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, um, I haven't done this yet, or it's been a long time, what we hope is going to happen is it's going to motivate you. Whether you reach out to us or you reach out to friends and family that you have, you know, we really hope that you're going to take action. because. It doesn't have to be complicated. And I want to share a real quick story with you. We had a, a 401k client call us not long ago, and I think Devin, you and I were talking about this yesterday. This young lady's mother passed away, and the young lady's mother had gotten remarried, and she had uh, not updated the beneficiary choices. And uh, the money was going to end up going to her spouse when, in fact, it was supposed to go to the daughter. And she wanted to know if there was anything we could do about it. And, and it was really out of our hands. I mean, we, we couldn't do anything about it. This lady was in Denver, Colorado. Uh, so what, what would happen in a case like that before we wrap up and move on to the kind of final talk? Sure. And I've got uh, lots of horror stories just <laughs> like that one. And um, I'll tell you one that I represented a, uh, a client came to me. His brother had passed intestate, no will. So we had to get first. We had to go to the probate court and get him appointed as the person, as the uh, as the administrator of the estate. So, as the administrator of the estate, he compiled all the assets. You know, found out where everything was, which took him months. And this is a guy that has a full time job and is doing this on the side. <laughs> so he is. He finds out uh, that he's got an I. His brother had an IRA. This was in 2021. And the IRA still listed his ex-wife as the beneficiary of his IRA. And they got divorced in 1995. So to find, and you know, that is, 
not only that's a problem for the for the brother for the for his for the my client because he's the brother he did the um, the deceased didn't leave any children so there was money that was going to flow to his siblings and there was over two hundred thousand dollars sitting in this IRA that was going to was going to be passed to his, to the named beneficiary in his IRA which was his ex wife that he divorced over twenty six years before oh wow so. We had to work. At that point, there is nothing you can do unless that beneficiary will waive their right as the beneficiary and allow, and and uh, you know be okay walking away from the money. So we had to call her, have a discussion, and that's time. That's money. That's that's those are dollars and time that that executor had to spend on an attorney to manage something that could have been done with log, by logging in and changing your beneficiary. Takes two minutes. Exactly. So that that I mean we see this all the time. Uh, the beneficiary is huge, but you know, you touched on it. We're wrapping up right here, but um, you know, our clients when they come to us and talk about estate planning, it's usually because they have a parent who just recently passed away, and they're dealing with the repercussions, just like you mentioned, of not properly planning. So if you're listening today. And maybe you have a will, or maybe you have your things in order. You should ask your parents, hey, do you have a will? Are you guys prepared? Because guess who that work's going to fall on? That's going to fall on you. So ask the questions, be educated, and really spend the time that you need. So we're going to wrap it up. Devin, thanks so much for coming in. Maybe we'll have you in again, and we'll talk about trust, which is another fun topic in this arena. But uh, thanks for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Stacks of Cash podcast once again. You can download it on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. The information in our podcast are the opinions and viewpoints of the moderators and guests only. For information and disclosures regarding Monterey Wealth and its professionals, please go to www.montereywealth.com and select the firm disclosures link under the about tab.